0: Good morning. Good Good to be back again. Uh, I find it difficult to say what I need to say. Because of the seriousness of the time, we are tempted to focus our attention on the wrong event. never happened in U.S. history before that the U.S. president or former president had to report for prison. Never happened before. Some commentators say, you know, before the election there may be a revolution. I hope not. I pray not. Revolution is not a solution to the problems. But the problem is serious, brethren. Uh thank you so much. Is it eggnog? <laughs> no, it's water. No, it's water. <laughs> okay, let's shave it. You. you heard about the fire in Hawaii, Maui. Uh, I received video clips and reports proving that it is not an ordinary forest fire. Now, you believe what you believe or choose to believe, I believe it was artificially started. Period. Okay? But the commentator I was listening to just Thursday compared it with the paradise of uh, the paradise fire you remember a few years ago California it was an Adventist community uh, you put in whatever you choose to I I don't want to dwell on this because not this is not my burden but the issues are serious uh, Um, let's turn to the text that was read because that's where my burden is this morning okay the gospel according to John chapter 1 11 and 12 He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, underline It is, is extremely important. It is a salvation issue to become children of God again. Even those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He came to his own, and they received him not. But Jesus came to his people many times. And let's not look at this story as something past doesn't concern us. He came to us in 1888, brethren. I have the book here. I got it in 211 at Michigan camp meeting when... uh, Jerry Finneman was lecturing and miracle of miracles. Jerry Finneman says, you can take as many as you like and free. Do you see how big a book it is? But he offered free. I said, Jerry, I like to take some for my friends too. He says, go back. I'm so happy. I sent some overseas too is a real jewel. But do you know what it tells right in the beginning? That our church history, official history, is not really correct. Yes, the loud cry came in 1888, but not the latter rain. So we have not rejected the Holy Spirit. But brethren, the book demonstrates beyond any doubt that the two cannot be separated. Are you with me so far? You cannot separate the loud cry from the latter rain. It is a latter rain. It is the Holy Spirit that enables proclaim the Lord, cry. The Lord gave signs to his people so that they would recognize him when he comes. Thirty years before the seventy years ended, or seventieth week arrived. Oof, little mathematic, let me repeat. Thirty years before the seventieth week of Daniel nine twenty-five arrived. Angels came. Sang on the hills or over the hills of Bethlehem. And told the shepherds, the Messiah is born, go and greet him. Now, why is this date important, brethren? The date Because dispensationalism says that seventieth TH, seventieth week is future. And we say, the 70th week was fulfilled during the time of Christ. That's a day and night difference in interpretation and application. Both interpretations cannot be correct. One excludes the others, and one is right and one is wrong. You know, we are told by the inspiration that we shall be sealed when we are settled in the truth so firmly that nothing can shake us intellectually or spiritually. Now, intellectually is deception. Okay, somebody brings in false interpretation and we take it. Boom, we are out. But emotionally, if you step on my shoes, brother, you better watch out. I use this allegorically, okay? I am nothing against you. I hope you understand. But brethren... Our own brothers and sisters give us hard time at times. Isn't it correct? Have you heard? Have you ever heard this statement? If he can do this to me, I don't want to enter the church again. What kind of an attitude is that? So the angels came to the shepherds. Let's read that. It's so beautiful. Luke chapter 2. You you have to keep this in mind, brethren. It's relevant to us. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. Luke 2, Verses 8 to 11. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joys which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. the Jewish people have been waiting for the Messiah for a thousand years we are told through the rituals through their ceremonies celebrations for a thousand years they cherish this hope that the Messiah will come but as the scripture says he came to his own and his own did not Receive him. Why? What was the cardinal issue, brethren? It is still a cardinal issue, okay? Don't kid yourself. It is still a cardinal issue. But what was the cardinal issue? It was a question of sonship. On both sides. On Christ's side and on the Jewish side. Not just one side, both sides. When Jesus told them, ultimately, you know, before Abraham was, I am, they picked up stones and ready to stone him. Jesus asked them a logical question, all right, I have done many good works among you. Of which will you stone me for? Which? What did I do wrong that you stone me? <coughs> Excuse me. What was their response? Theologically, it was a correct answer. For good work, we stone you not. But being a man, You make yourself God. So the question of sonship. Ultimately, he was crucified for this. But, you know, in the same conversation and I debate this issue, Jesus says... uh, Abraham your father because they claimed Abraham as their father didn't do you tried to kill me who speak the truth to you Abraham didn't do this Mm -hmm. so you are not in other words you are not the children of Abraham ah they refused it you know how they increased the claim they said God is our father You remember the conversation. I'm telling you something that you knew already. I'm just refreshing your mind, but you need to be reminded because this is a cardinal issue. Now, Jesus says, the devil is your father. So, Jesus made a claim for sonship. They denied it. the Jews made a claim for sonship and Jesus denied it. Are you following me? Who is correct? But let us remember this is a very serious matter. It is a salvation issue. It was, it is and it will remain until the issue is settled until after the millennium. Are you with me? Okay. The shepherd gave their testimony, and inspiration tells us that they told everybody what they heard and what they have seen. How many people for Jerusalem went out to Bethlehem as a consequence of the shepherds' testimony. How many, brethren? We have no scriptural record whatsoever. He came to his own, and his own received him now. Remember, this is still an issue for you and for me. still an issue. It's not just past history. A few months had to go by. The Lord still tried to shake up the people, saying, Listen, we are just 30 years away from the 70th week of Daniel 9.25. So what can I do? Jesus sent, or the Father sent, wise men from the East. Non-Jews. heathens. Also, inspiration tells us that these men were more noble than the members of the Sanhedrin. Are you with me? But they were classified as heathens yet they were more noble they come to jerusalem and they ask the question where is the king of the jews who was born we have come to worship him there was no question about his rank and the jews understood when when somebody worships somebody it's either blasphemy or A correct procedure, but if you worship somebody, you elevate that individual to divinity. Are you with me? These pagans, heathens from the east said we came to worship him. The scripture says the whole city was stirred up. Herod was scared. He was an Edomite had no right to the throne, but he was sitting on the throne. He called the wise man. He says, go search out and come back and tell me because I like to go to worship him. That's scripture. I'm quoting the scripture. He says, I'm going to worship after you come back. He had no intention to worship him. And when the angel told the wise men not to go back to Jerusalem, Herod became so furious, he sent out the soldiers and killed children in Bethlehem and vicinity two years and younger. But 30 years passed. History fades from the memory. Generation is gone and people are slow to remember so god sent john the baptist to prepare the way for the messiah now john scripture says didn't meet jesus there was one exception i like, I, I love that story when mary Just became pregnant. Elizabeth was already six months pregnant and uh, Mary decided to visit Elizabeth and the two pregnant mothers meet and the children in the womb meet. That's the only time John the Baptist met Jesus. Divine providence, until the baptismal service. Okay, I, somebody looks so seriously. Am I preaching heresy? No, but I stand. I stand corrected. <coughs> <coughs> if I need to be correct, in this case, Ron, I don't. I'm correct, right on the target. <coughs> what was? the cardinal testimony of John. Sonship, Sonship, Sonship. He said, I didn't know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water told me that whom you see the Spirit descend on and remain on him, he's the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I saw it, I bear witness that he is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. So John's testimony was confirming the sonship of Jesus, which the Jews could not accept. And they are still not accepting in, if, in fact, there are efforts made that by some ultra-Orthodox Jews that the name of Christ not be mentioned in, in the land of Israel. Ridiculous. But that's what they hope. So, <clears throat> until now, others testified of Jesus, correct? The shepherds, the wise men. I didn't mention Simeon and Anna, a beautiful story. It touches my heart when this old man comes into the church about 40 days after the birth of Christ when he is dedicated. And when the dedication service is over, he walks up to Mary and asks, Let me hold that baby in my arm. And Mary complies. And it is one of the most beautiful prayers you can read in the New Testament. Lord, let your ser- servant go now in peace because my eyes have seen the salvation that you have prepared for your people and the glory of Israel. In the tiny little baby, recognize the Messiah. His eyes were anointed, brethren, and his minds were anointed. And that's what Lord this year needs. That's what we need. The Lord says we are blind and naked and miserable and poor and all the bad things. But He offers remedy. We don't have to remain what we are. So I said, up to this time, the testimony was given by others. But I'd like to share with you now a short story. Bible story. When Jesus himself testifies to his own sonship. Brethren, it's extremely important. It's a salvation issue. Salvation issue. John chapter 2. And I start reading verse 3, upper 13. John 2, 13 and on. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and, droves and, and doves and and money changers doing business. And when he had made a rip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, poured out the changers' money, (coughs) overturned their tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things hence. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Later on the disciples remembered, as the scripture says, that zeal for your house has eaten me up. Holy zeal. Spirit inspired zeal. But he had to announce something that superseded the wise men, superseded the shepherd, Simeon, and and all, even John the Baptist. You remember one day, Jesus says, and that's beautiful, uh, you went to John to ask him, But I have greater testimony than John's. You remember those words? The work I do testify. Now, brethren, I have to read that because that's such an important text. Turn with me to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, let's read it. Remember, this is the ultimate, this is the ultimate proof. Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has appointed me anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, if you turn with me to Luke 4, He stood up in the synagogue and he read the very same scriptures. Let's turn to Luke chapter 4. I'd like to read from verse 16, okay? Luke 4, 16, 17, 18, 19. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Underline it, underline it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and to recover the sight of the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he ends it today. The scripture is <clears throat> You remember, John was already a prisoner. Judas campaigned a political move to deliver John, and ultimately, when John was beheaded. Judas was disappointed, totally disappointed, because Jesus could have saved John, but he didn't. But anyhow, under bad influences, John wavered a little bit and sent two of his disciples to Jesus with the question You remember? Are you the one? Or are we to wait for someone else? You have to read the chapter, and these are ways, and you'll love Jesus more and more and more. Jesus told the disciples, you just stay here, boys, stay here and watch. And all day he was healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons, opening the eyesight, freeing the captives. When the day was over, he told those two disciples of John, now you go back to the prison and tell John what you have seen, what you have heard, just tell him, and these are wages of the Holy Spirit. They also said, it was enough. John had no more question because he understood the prophecy, understood that according to the scripture, what the Messiah was supposed to do, it was enough. One more thoughts here in John eight. Uh, remember, I started late. Okay, so it's your fault and your <laughs> fault and everybody else's. Uh, I will really be brief. But chapter eight is a very, very critical chapter. Uh, But the issue is the sonship, okay? The sonship. Whose son are you, Jesus? And whose son are you, Pharisees and Sadducees? And we, Seventh-day Adventists today, whose sons are we? Because we do not do theology in vacuum. Is that correct? Theology is... Inseparably connected with history. Mm-hmm. Brethren, please remember that. Theology is inseparably connected with history. We need to know history. Amen. The correct history. I'll just one quote from there. Turn with me to John chapter 8 please when you go home read the whole chapter, okay but uh, i just like to focus yeah. on one issue sonship question <coughs> <coughs> excuse me john eight twenty four john eight twenty four therefore i said to you that you will die in your sin. Well, let me stop here. Brethren, I, I don't have to tell you how serious this matter is if somebody dies in his sin. Amen. There's no eternal life, no heaven, no no future, no hope. It's a very serious matter. So let me read it again. Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins for if you do not believe that I am he you will die in your sins. Now brethren, this is a clear claim for divine sonship when the Lord appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and the Lord says, Now go and call together the elders and speak to them. Moses says, The first question they will ask, What is his name? And Jesus tells Moses, tell them that I am sent me. Now brethren if you look at history most of the Jews believed that Moses was a genuine, the greatest prophet in Israel's history. I mean the first five books of the Bible written not only for the Jews but for us too. So, nobody had an experience like Moses. Nobody. There is no other individual who had been exalted like Moses. But when the Lord told him, because previously introduced hey, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to us, and so on and so. And his name was identified. So, any Jew who still had some genuine conviction of the scriptures could not deny that the name, the great I Am, was the name of Jehovah. Are you with me, Sophia? Now, you know I'm not preaching heresy, correct? correct? Verse 25. Then they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Just what I have been saying to you from the beginning. I am he. I am he. That's what I have been saying. I have many things to say and to judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I heard of him, claiming direct connection to the Father and revelation from the Father. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I like to close. The chapter ends. Verily, verily, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Do you see the issue, brethren? Jesus claimed divine sonship. So do the Jews. First they say we are Abraham's sons, and if you read the whole scriptures, they said God is our father. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. no. The devil is your father. But the real issue is sonship. <coughs> <coughs> And, uh, I come back to the opening verse. He came to his own and his own did not receive him but as many as received him to them he gave the right to become children of God even those who believe in his we are told by the spirit of prophecy that the ultimate issue will be, or the controversy about righteousness by faith. Do you understand? The ultimate issue is love. But if love does not produce righteousness, if love does not produce holy living, are we following Jeff Epstein? Pardon the expression. Brethren, true love produces holy living. Amen. Amen. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. I believe in his name. I love him. I invite you to love him. Brethren, halfway is not good enough, all right? We either love him according to the first commandment, or we don't love him at all. But I choose to love him. I choose to love him. And I trust you will too. And the Lord will help you to become son. Amen. Amen.